I want to have a, an amazing, uh, amazing guest uh, about a, not such an amazing story in terms of it, 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 it's a, it's a mind boggling story. But I have an amazing guest with us uh, who's going to join us here in just a minute. And what we're really talking about is a, it's, it's something I read about, heard about and was frankly sick to my stomach. Um Overall, in the past months and other shows I've done um, in other networks, um, we've done some stuff around MAID, which is the Medical Assisted Dying Program, talked a lot about what it means to actually qualify. And now that there's beyond just physical requirements, now there's an opportunity for those that have severe mental health issues to qualify. That scares me, to be honest. It's something that makes me really nervous. So then I'm, I'm looking at this article. It says Veteran Affairs Assisted Dying Probe for people. Four people, four vets, four hardworking, life, you know, challenging uh, guys that are giving it up to keep us safe. Come back to Canada, come back to home, reach out to Veterans Affairs to get some help. End up talking to this person. We don't know who this person is yet, I don't believe. And start this person suggests that maybe medical assisted dying might be a solution for their I guess, post-traumatic stress, something like that. I guess we don't really know the depth of the story so far, but hopefully my guest will share that with us. And then Veteran Affairs Ministers, uh, Minister uh, Lawrence McCauley, he was in the House of Commons, so was my, was my guest. Um, and they were talking about this and how, you know, how perturbed everybody is that this situation exists. And it seems like everybody's so surprised um, by the fact that there's someone that has loose lips that's suggesting that people that are reaching out, vets that are reaching out for help, that maybe they should look at, um, you know, ending their life. Made me sick to my stomach. <clears throat> I'm sure my guest, his name is Mark Meinke. He is a former Canadian soldier. He's a veteran advocate. And he's the host of something called Operation Tango Romeo, which I really want to hear about because I love those call signs. It's a trauma recovery podcast for uh, Canadian Forces members. And we want to join with him, have him join us here today to talk about this story. Uh, I understand he also has some late-breaking stuff that we can share as well. Uh, joining us here at on At Your Best is Mark Menke. Mark, um, what's going on? And thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, brother. I appreciate it. The uh, the more we cover this, the better. Um, I might actually end up on Tucker Carlson uh, very shortly here. So you got me first. <laughs> okay, good. Well, uh, it's, uh, that's the big leagues if you're talking to Tucker. So what are, what are we talking about? I mean, so we're, you know, we know that you've been in front of the House of Commons. Um, we understand that this is an issue. Uh, people are, you know, vet, veteran uh, advocates are up in arms about how this could continue. Uh, in fact, I understand it's illegal to to give this kind of advice. It can be considered, uh, what's, there's a law here against it, something to do with um, contributing to manslaughter or something, or there's something about a law here that deals with um, people who, you know, suggest this kind of stuff, put themselves in their own peril um, as a result of it, because there's some kind of uh, a law against this kind of behavior when you're suggesting that people uh, take their lives in such a way. Um, what, what's your take on it and, and what's going on? Bring us up to date. Let me start with the conclusion and work my way back. Perfect. So yes, there is a law. It is illegal to counsel suicide. And as of about 20 minutes ago, um, I have proof that both the prime minister and minister McCauley are accessories to that crime. Wow. The conclusion here is this, their, their storyline that this was just one rogue agent. I also have uh, proof from two different sources. So two different sources of proof that that is not true. And not only is it not true, the prime minister knew it wasn't true when he just said today 
It was just one. And that person's no longer. So they didn't even bother to fire her. So is this, are you telling me this is systemic? Yes. And when yes. you talk, and when I, you, and so I have truth talk, from two when, different oh, sources. I'm going to take you at your word. You're a, a credible guy. You're, and, uh, we've done our due diligence. So I, I take you at your word until someone disproves it. Um, if such a case, if such a thing exists, give me an idea. Are we talking about a couple more people? Or are we talking about eight more people? Like how systemic is this? And how many vets do you think have it's a double question here? Because I think you can handle both. Um, a, how many people are perpetrating and, more importantly, how many more vets that we don't know about are being talked to like this? The, the minister just testified that, and the only reason he testified, or he didn't, he just came up with that statement is because I had a, a, a veteran by the name, by the pseudonym Bruce come forward to me and I struck while the iron was hot. While the, uh, we were on record, I convinced him and he was brave enough to tell his story on my show very, very quickly. So it was a 10 minute testimony. And I published it. I sent it to everybody that um, all the different ministers, National Post, everybody got a um, has listened to this episode, which was like one episode ago. And in this, he says, "Yeah, I was offered made," and uh, and the circumstances under which yeah, that let, happened. Can I can I stop you there for a second? Offered yeah. made for what? What was his like? What was what was he calling for? He was you calling know, for help with for with uh, this one was for PTSD. Okay. So he's like, look. I need help. I'm having suicidal thoughts. It's driving me nuts. I can't stand it anymore. I need help. And they said, well, if you can't stand it anymore, have you considered medically assisted in dying? We can offer that for you if you like. Was there any therapy involved in his process? In, 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 was there any part of this where they suggested that he could get other help? Like perhaps, you know, no, was there they didn't, they didn't offer anything for him other than death. And, um, and he was just desperate. He was just asking for help. And then when they said this, he's like, what are you talking about? I'm, <laughs> I'm not asking to die. I'm asking to live. I'm asking you to help me live my life, not end it. And, um, with it, and then she said the exact same thing as what happened in my testimony in Ottawa, which was, well, yeah, you know, but if up the road, you change your mind. Yeah. So planting that seed. So if ever you should uh, be considering suicide, you don't got to blow your brains out against the wall. One of them said, you can just call us and we'll do it in a kinder, gentler, more compassionate way because we're, we're here to help. How much of that you think is actually going on? I'm trying to get numbers. If you can guess. So, or, so here's I mean, the numbers. You're, you're uh, minute, minute, one guy here, one guy there, but minute, minister McCauley said that there was four. When he said there was four, the only reason that he um, said that at all was because of Bruce coming on my show the night before which proved it was more than just one. Because first, when I testified, they um, said, oh, there's just one. This is just one isolated incident. It's never happened to anybody else. Then I had somebody else come on a show and tell the story. Then they're in the spin factory. And they said, okay, 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 okay. So yeah, it's, it's happened four times, he said, but it's only one agent is now the story. But when he said there was, it, is, it has happened four times, that didn't include Bruce. So Bruce makes five that didn't improve that in it did not include Christine Goche, who just came forward, who has copies of the letters she sent to Macaulay in 2021 saying that she was offered made. What the hell? What's up with this? Do so know, he had we, that letter in his hand. Mark, do we know how many, um, do we know how many people have actually taken him, taking, taking somebody up on this? Like uh, they've admitted okay. one. They've admitted one. 
So back, uh, Veterans Affairs Canada has admitted that there is one dead veteran because of this. Based on your on your connections, though, one would suggest you probably have an excellent ear to the ground. Um, what are your folks telling you? Is it more than one? We don't know. All I know for sure is that there is absolutely more than one caseworker. That is a fact. And I have it from two different sources, from two different angles, for two different reasons. So there is more than one caseworker. If there was more than one caseworker, uh, then this is systemic. My guest is Mark Meinke. He is a former Canadian soldier. He's a veteran advocate, and he hosts a podcast called Operation Tango Romeo. Hopefully we can get to that in a minute. Right now he's on fire. He's discovering some things. You can tell how passionate he is about taking care of these vets and making sure that when they call Veterans Affairs for support around their post-traumatic stress, someone isn't suggesting that maybe they take their life and, and sign up for MAID, and they can help them with that, they say. One person's already dead as a result of that that we know. So clearly we're presenting someone not at their best. These agents are not at their best, but someone who is at their best, in fact, is my guest, Mark Meinke. Thanks for staying with us tonight, Mark. Um, when when a veteran is in a mental distress um, and they they call for help, what, what treatment supports um are they are they supposed to be given in terms of what's the what's the protocol when they call vet affairs and talk to somebody and that's question one question two who are they talking to when someone picks up the other end of the phone are these trained responders or someone just answering a line excellent excellent question so in the uh testimony from veterans affairs they said that Suicide prevention training was an hour and a half, an hour and a half. I took a two full day, eight hour a day mental health first aid course. That's all about suicide intervention. And as a peer supporter through the Department of National Defense, I took a five day, all day, every day suicide prevention course. And so that's a combination of seven days. And I barely consider myself anywhere near qualified for a good suicide intervention, even though I do them all the time. Okay. So and they got us- an hour and a half. Okay. I get it. So um, we're going to, we're going to try to get through some questions here. So I'm going to try to limit your responses a little bit. I mean, I'd let you go on fire if we had hours, but we don't listen to me, man. And we'll definitely have you come back. So it's not your last chance. Um, wow. So we know what's going on. We have a, we have, we've pointed a finger at it. Um, you got them on the run in Ottawa in terms of paying attention. In the meantime, what's the likelihood that people that might have originally reached out to uh, Veterans Affairs for support, knowing what they know now, um, are fearful of making that call and uh, perhaps aren't getting the help that they could be if uh, Veterans Affairs wasn't uh, uh, living with the stink that's on them right now? I'm a part of a numerous, numerous groups, and I'm already seeing those exact comments those exact comments where I will never call Veterans Affairs again. I will never trust them again. And that is a trust that's been broken, and I don't know how they could ever fix it. Um, we we need to hit reset and, do, and have a mulligan on Veterans Affairs. It needs to be a complete transformation from the ground up. There's calls from the RCMP to investigate Vet Affairs for this kind of stuff. Um, should jail time be on the table for these people? We know yes. that it's a four, we know it's a fourteen year sentence um, if you uh, if you counsel suicide, right? So um, 
you think that this we should push this? And um, I mean, my answer to the question is absolutely. These we, we've got to put an end to this before it becomes twenty people doing it. Right? There's got to be a deterrent, and jail time would definitely be a deterrent. You and your you and your supporters are believers in the same way, correct? Yes, one hundred percent. And the thing is, this goes up to the top. This was <laughs> this was their policy. Now they're pretending that it wasn't. So they're in cover their butt mode. And whoever first brought this in is, hey, we got this cool new policy, uh, policy to help veterans. Somebody brought this in. It is official. And that's the truth. And only an external investigation is going to get to it. And what better way than having the Mounties uh, go in and as an external investigation? But I don't want the Mounties to do it. It should be somebody else because the Mounties are paid by the federal government. Okay, so, so OPP okay. maybe, but not the Mounties. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so you know what? I, I think we've profiled per- people uh, at their worst here uh, in terms of giving bad advice to those that need positive advice, um, supportive advice. I deal with suicidal patients and, and folks all the time and uh, veterans often as well. Uh, and, you know, you know what you need to do because not only did you do the training, but clearly you're, you're a compassionate brother. Uh, from from that uh, environment and from that force. So, you, you know, just your heart tells you to be a little bit more compassionate. So I want to turn the spotlight a little bit. We've got about five minutes or so left. I want to turn the spotlight a little bit on on you, Mark, um, because I think, you know, part of the, the concept of this show is to, is to uh, profile people at their best. Um, and I think that this is a, an opportunity to share with people, you know, kind of the stuff that you're doing. I want to know more about Operation Tango Romeo, and specifically how you came up with the cool name. I, I just love it. I wish I could, you know, come up with a way to use that as a name for myself. Anything like call call signs like that, I just <laughs> find find super cool. But um, give me an idea of what uh, what you're doing on your podcast and and how you're helping people. So in 1994, I was in Croatia during the genocide and I was injured there with PTSD, but I didn't know it because nobody was talking about it. I went 23 years undiagnosed before finally, by the suggestion of my wife, uh, I finally, finally reached out for help. And it was a thousand pound telephone. It is, it was so hard to reach out for help, but I did. Royal Royal Canadian Legion uh, got me going um, opened up a case file, the Veterans Affairs Canada, and started rolling forward. As part of the healing process, it took there was a 10-month gap between me putting up my hand and a therapist being available. 10 months. Wow. So I'm like, well, how the hell do you fill this gap? And part of the one of the ways I did is with peer support. A friend of mine, John Sr., was running peer support groups for, for veterans and first responders. And I started to attend begrudgingly, but I did it. It turned out it was the best thing I could have done. I ended up being the facilitator running these peer support groups. Then I thought, you know, people are driving two or three hours just to get, be a part of this group. It's obviously important to them. So how can I make it bigger? So I created Operation Tango Romeo, the trauma recovery podcast uh, to scale it. It's now in 70 countries. And the the Tango Romeo stands for trauma recovery. I, I heard that. I love it. I love it. I love it. So it's Operation Trauma Recovery. And um, can I get a sweatshirt? Is there a sweatshirt or a T-shirt or a hat I could get yet that that says, (laughs) uh, you know what? I'm going to ask your listeners, anybody that sells, I hate selling shirts. So if anybody that sells shirts or hoodies, call me. I'm going to ask for $1 per hoodie or per (laughs) T-shirt. So if somebody would do it for me, I used to make mission patches and, uh, and sell them, but I, I hate, I hate 
mailing things. I don't know. It's a, it's a thing. So if anybody wants to do that, give me a call. You can keep all the proceeds minus a dollar that you can give to wounded warriors or something. And, okay. uh, and well, let's get it out there. That's maybe, uh, I, I actually coach for a promotions company. Uh, so maybe after we can get a hold of each other sometime after this and book I'll, me I'll, up, Yona. I'll, I'll do what I can to help you out. Okay. So, uh, operation tango Romeo, it's a podcast, um, available across all the networks, I assume. Yes. Okay. Um, let's get to you a little bit. Okay. Let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about Mark and, and kind of what makes you tick, um, you know, with the frustration that you have, I find my, let, let me rephrase it. I find myself as a therapist and as a coach, sometimes, you know, I, I often get frustrated uh, with kind of what I call being stuck in the mud, you know, just working with someone that's just either not getting it. Maybe I'm not delivering it properly. Who knows? Just, we're not making progress um, as a, as a, uh, as a as a soldier, as a warrior, uh, as an advocate, um, you know, as a human being, uh, what pushes you through when you find yourself up against frustration? Because I'm sure in the world you're living in, you 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 come across it daily. What mission and vision? You? So what that so you know how how do you get to be your best each day? Mission and vision. I stick to the mission and vision. A good friend of mine, Paul Watts, owns an incredible sales training company called Base Over Apex, and he taught me how to make a, a mission statement. Mine is to save lives and relieve pain by making help for PTS injuries easily accessible with a vision of a world where the path to recovery is clear. So that's my true North. And that's what keeps me going on the darker days when I really don't feel like uh, doing a show or doing more prospecting to get guests on the show. I just remember my mission and vision that I'm standing in the gap and that mission and vision provides me the true North and the sense of purpose to keep going. And then, uh, and I just shared actually my most recent episode, how to transform yourself into the person you want to be. And it's all about habits and start small. <laughs> it's all about like, habits. Sound like you're, you're, you're jumping into my knitting a little bit, how to train. Yeah. Right? That's my expertise is in behavioral change. So we're on the same train together, brother. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, uh, there's a new program in Toronto. It's being rolled out called better train. Uh, so officers to deal with veterans who may be in distress. Are you familiar with that program? Uh, uh, only cursory, uh, but I know it's a good idea. Um, uh, again, my friend, John senior has been that guy more than once. And it's essential. You don't need to set in a, a SWAT team, have a brother show up and we can talk them down because we speak their language. And uh, if <laughs> not all of us <laughs> could talk them down, but people like John senior, people like myself, I can show up to a hot scene. Yep. Uh, where, make, a where, big, make a big difference quickly. Thank you. Yeah, I can, I can deescalate it for sure. I can. 